This is Soundmaking, a podcast made by Hogan Stenner and myself, Matthew Schlomowitz. Each episode of Soundmaking features a composer or performer discussing the how and why of music they've created. For this episode of Soundmaking, I spoke with the composer William Marzi and pianist Joseph Havlett about their album, Dutch Indoor Subjects. The album features seven short pieces for piano. You will hear three of these pieces on this episode, and we warmly recommend that you listen to the rest of the album at the link provided. In our chat, Joseph speaks about his attraction to the work and the pianistic challenges he faced, and William speaks about repetition and how he draws on Bach chorales. I'm William Marzi, I'm from Hartlepool, I live in London and I'm a composer. I'm Joseph Havlat, I'm from Australia, I live in London as well, I'm a pianist and composer.
so you've just heard Interior Woman Cooking, which is the first track from Dutch Indoor Subjects. Uh, Dutch Indoor Subjects is an album of uh, piano pieces inspired by Dutch paintings of the everyday scenes from 15 and 1600s. So this album came about um, when I first started working with William. A few years ago now, we were recording some of his earlier pieces, which was a set of pieces about food for piano and video. Um, and we worked together at shortly after that at Dartington Festival where he wrote me a, a short piece, which was Belmont Chill, which was, the I think, the first version of that. Actually, I don't think it changed uh, for the final release of the album, but that was the first piece written, and from there it sort of became um, a compilation of pieces, Dutch indoor subjects. So these pieces are... Really, they 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 create a sort of a technical challenge that is I find somewhat unique in terms of at least my experience of doing new music. Uh, they're most akin in terms of you know the the way of playing required to say Bach or something. There's a lot of uh, counterpoint in them. There's a lot of really um, constantly shifting harmonies and endless colours. That is really. Well, to be honest, it's, it's, it's tricky to make it um, sound clear, I think. There's a sort of clarity to the music, which is um, there's nowhere really to hide. There's a kind of somehow sparseness and a coolness to it, yeah. Yes, yeah, so I don't have an instrument really, but I can play piano. I'm like a bad pianist, That's and that's how I write music. I think all the right music I write is kind of for piano at some stage and my practice is just sort of sketching little pieces kind of constantly and then when commissions or when projects come along I'll sort of mush it into the form of that project or commission. It's interesting I think a lot of the stuff that I write for piano ends up coming out quite sparse and concentrated because often they are the form of a bass sketch which I would often use for a much bigger thing and as a pianist when I was learning piano, I definitely stopped learning piano when it started getting a bit more faffy and a bit more pianistic because I just couldn't really handle that. So a lot of the florid stuff that you would often get in piano writing and that piano writing is often known for, I don't really have a vocabulary for it because I never really found its place in my own piano playing because I can't really do it. And uh, yeah, it's interesting. And uh, when I'm writing, I always write it just a little bit harder than I can do and then a bit some, because I know Joel will probably be able to manage it. The next track you're going to hear is Belmont Chill, which is the final track on the album. It was actually the first piece I wrote on the set and kind of set the idea off for me. It went through a few different names, actually. I think it was first called Interior Woman Cooking. The, the painting is of someone stirring something and the track, uh, as you'll hear, sort of cycles in a, in a, in a special way. Uh, eventually I renamed it because I started renaming some of the tracks out of scenes from my own life and Belmont Chill is a graffitied road sign for Belmont Hill which was a, a very steep uh, path near my boyfriend's house at the time in Lewisham. This piano set has a funny place in my in what I'm doing still even though it's quite it's a few years old now. Belmont Chill in particular when I'd figured out for a long time I'd been trying to figure out what I was doing with the repetition and then I was looking at Bach uh, 
I'm going to think, forget about it, which one it is. It's the Art Fugue of the Musical Offering, the one that goes round and semitone up each time, which I'd been listening to for ages and thinking, what a great idea. <laughs> it's the same each time, but completely different. And I think a lot of what I'm doing is thinking about that kind of repetition. So it's the same each time, but you're in a different place each time. Uh, these pieces are inspired by the Dutch indoor scenes because I find that interesting as well, how... We talk a lot about the concert hall, I think, a lot, composers, and we can get stuck on that. But actually, we write the music, you know, in our houses, and then most people listen to the music, listen to the music also in their houses while doing mundane tasks. And a lot about a lot of when I think about aesthetically, I'm thinking of mundanity, repetition, and finding depth in that, and you know, hearing something again and again and again until it means like fifteen different things. This one, uh, is, it is probably the hardest on the set. It's kind of, it's just the same, I can't remember how many bar, eight bar phrase repeated over and over each time up a semitone. Um, and I, in a way, I mean, like it's kind of like an exercise. Uh, in, I guess when, when I'm playing William's music, I what I like especially about it is that I can get away from these kind of quite tired notions of repetition and what musicians do with repetition, which is try and vary it every single time. And I like playing this when it's literally just the same thing over and over again, uh, rigidly repeated. Uh, I, I can just... There's a lot of freedom in just not having to really do much except uh, let the music play itself. It's kind of like a trance almost, or as if I was doing perhaps like a, a Hannon exercise while watching YouTube. Yeah, it's 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 very satisfying. It has the same kind of satisfaction in, in just performing a piece of music technically that you get from, say, performing a Ligeti etude, because when it works, it feels really good under the fingers.
often I, when I'm thinking about what I would like the listener to do, I, I get a little stuck. There's this thing I feel a lot of the teaching I got uh, often tried to get me to try to trick the audience into certain ways. So like, you know, they might be bored now, make a loud noise. This kind of idea of how to compose. And I think <laughs> I think a lot of the stuff that I've done in the last few years generally just tries to make space, uh, a sort of spacious sound uh, for a listener to listen into rather than to be, rather than to sort of jump at them or to tell them how to do things. I think the repetition sort of goes into that as well and sort of things of like, okay, I've heard this four times now, now I can think about it. A thing I haven't mentioned about this album is that almost all of it comes out of the Bach Chorale book. You know that book, which just is a big textbook of Bach Chorales. Most of the harmonies or tunes somehow come out of there. I, I, I like to use it as, you know, raw material, you know, uh, for pretty much everything I do. But right at the back, there's the tunes which are for figured bass, but I can't really remember figured bass, although I was taught it. So I just kind of play the tune and the bass line. And uh, I use that kind of texture for Charcoal Best. So a melody from one bar chorale and the bass line from another and just try to make it work. The piece that we will hear at the end of the episode is A Lady at Her Toilet. And this piece features a few really great trills, uh, which are very satisfying to play and get me let me sort of flex my baroque trilling capabilities which is not one of my strengths this one i mean i think a lot of these pieces not not all of them not perhaps the two that you've already heard but the others on the album having been based off sort of chorales bach chorales and having all these this counterpoint within them uh, are very much sort of balancing acts i guess in sort of managing um, several melodies at once. And A Lady at a Toilet, I think, is a really quite fun, pianistically fun uh, example of that, where it's sort of, you've, I feel like I have to split my brain into three and follow these quite strange, uh, awkward melodies as they sort of pass through each other and break all the rules of good power writing. There's a quite and there's a sort of also a very satisfying crossover between sort of very horizontal melody writing and how they sort of coincidentally line up and create some really beautiful um, harmonic moments. Which I've I remember when we were recording this, <laughs> I being you know sort of this classically trained pianist and I've played all my romantic music was sort of a little bit at odds with William who kept just saying, oh, can it be more four square? It's not four square enough. Can you just make it a bit more like sort of ploddy um, and stop putting in so much rubato and stuff. So I, I had to try and find a kind of um, middle ground between me wanting to sort of really enjoy the lush moments and, him wanting it to be a bit more sort of at arm's length. Lady at her toilet. 
I took the title from uh, a painting which, actually, when I Googled it later, I found all these in a book, but when I Googled it later, there's like 20 versions of this painting by different people. But it's of a woman sat with her uh, helper, um, get, just getting ready for presumably entertaining guests or for, I don't know, a night on the town. I don't really know what they were doing back then. But I felt really close to it because it's just one of these special moments which you totally recognise from your own life, which is just you in your room for a few seconds before having to go out and do all your stuff, you know, like just doing your normal things in a nice, relaxing way. And um, when I came to write the piece, I was, you know, doing my usual thing, like bringing in little strands of melodies from bar chorales. And I I decided to use this trick from... um, uh, some Renaissance pieces that I really like, where the top line is the slowest and becomes the kind of the most boring, but your ear is drawn to it because it's the top line. So you're listening to the most boring line, and meanwhile, the the next tune underneath has all the interest in it, and the bass line's really satisfying. But you, but you, it takes you a moment to switch to listening to the interesting bit, which I find a really interesting thing, where the boringness of it kind of like orally. Uh, tricks you into uh, perhaps not uh, hearing everything that's going on, or uh, yeah, and I find what the most the most interesting thing with those Renaissance pieces is the second time you listen to it, you realise that the alto parts got all the cool stuff, and I thought that might be a really nice representation of this uh, little tiny quiet moment where a lady is putting her stockings on. Thank you. 